downtown, a district in ashes. We've been in this area for the past two days and seen the worst of this tragedy. This place isn't something you can easily walk away from. It stays with you. I think they're trying to get him to the hospital. Now a chaotic desperation has gripped the city. The IDP camps have swelled and aid is still struggling to get to the people. Riots and shootings are commonplace. And the situation is deteriorating day by day. What Haiti needs now is hope. Hope for the future. Hope in this time of mourning. Basically, anywhere you have tent space, you know, that's where people are, are camping, putting up their tents, doing whatever. We're like underneath this kind of a little bit of a shelter here, which is good. There's no rain or anything like that, so that's not bad, but yeah, we're all kind of crammed in here. But uh, Dave back there was asleep, and it's, uh, it's, it's working out nicely here, actually. I mean, it's pretty tight quarters, but we sleep pretty well here. outside the orphanage here and uh, what's been really amazing about the whole uh, earthquake and you know its aftermath really is just the amount of like uh, people that have come from all over the world literally like congregating on all of uh, Haiti just kind of rebuilding helping in any way we're in this compound and there's missionaries from Minnesota or North Dakota or you know just scattered from anywhere in the in the state what's amazing about uh, this orphanage where we're staying right now is it's like you look and it's literally behind me, all these structures have fallen, the walls around the entire orphanage all fell down. And then you look on this side, totally destroyed home here, totally like flattened compound. And this is the, the front of the, uh, the orphanage here. And then nothing inside the orphanage, the major structures, nothing fell down. Everything was intact. So what an amazing blessing that was that, uh, you know, no one was injured, no one was killed or anything like that. What's sad, though, now that you see is the, the women that kind of work and help care for the children and the children themselves literally have to, like, sleep outside. Everybody's too afraid to sleep indoors because of the tremors, the aftershocks, things like that. And the buildings are still a bit uh, unstable. They did take damage. Nothing actually fell down. but. It is also pretty heartbreaking. Right now, uh, what we're doing is we're leaving the orphanage. We're going into town, and we're basically going to go on a whole bunch of uh, food distributions today. So there are certain points where people have had like ten cities all throughout the city, and uh, one of the ones we're going to is the largest one in the city. And so we're going to see another side of, uh, of things today when we go in. Everyone in Port-au-Prince is so afraid of aftershocks, they sleep outside. Frankly, their situation is so desperate 
They have bigger things to worry about. They're fighting over cardboard boxes to use as shelter. So two million people in Haiti are homeless, without shelter, food or water, living in filth and squalor in these shanty towns. Still in a desperate situation. Right now, behind me is a massive tent city. As you can see, it just stretches on back, back, back. And this area is just like makeshift homes for everybody who's lost their homes through the earthquake. So as you can see, like every square inch is used by like families coming in here. There's impromptu like cooking areas put up. There's washing areas. There's small tents. It's completely filled with people, and uh, you can see like how desperate the situation is by where people are living right now. How many people live in this camp? Oh, and perhaps two thousand or three thousand here in the camp. In here. Say to President Obama for us, we need house. We need many, many. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. That monument right there. See that? Like some of these houses have have the sheet metal on them already. So it's yeah. like that's getting closer to a permanent structure. Right. And like well, what sheet they're, now. Yeah. What they're trying to do is you know make things better for themselves. And in doing that, it becomes a permanent, like, residence almost, you know? Yeah. And then moving all these people after they're, like, bedded down in here. It's just like, how do you organize the whole nation to do that? It's just an incredible sight to see. Just as far as you can see, homes and little huts and just crudely made, put together, uh, like, huts with corrugated, things like that. That's our biggest need that we've seen here so far is actually getting tarps before the rains actually come or anything like that, which would just be a huge crisis then. It's sad. It's like people just, they've got no place to go, and that's what you see all around Port-au-Prince is everybody just congregates on the street. They, they've got no buildings to go into, they've got no homes to go into, nothing. So they basically set up camp, or you see them kind of walking on the streets. So it's rough, man. It's rough when you see it like that. It's everywhere. Okay, so right now it's about midday, and this is a tent city right next to the presidential palace. And uh, there's a missionary group in here who's running uh, like aid work inside. One of the few groups that we've seen working inside the tent city. So we're about to go in, you're seeing the line queued up here. What a lot of people have really been fearful of is actually going into the tent cities, but it's really, you know, it's really quite orderly. And uh, everybody's just been queued up for a long time. But the, the only problem is, is that there's so many people. So they're just running these, you know, day after day after day after day, you know, and trying to treat everybody. Where's this group from? We're from um, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Michigan and Monroe, Michigan. The children we like to send to the pediatrician because that's his expertise. And the rest we try to send over to Jeff, the ER doctor. If they need to have dressing changes or whatever, we will do that as the nurses. What do you see as the, you know, the, biggest, uh, like the biggest needs or the biggest problems that you see coming through here? They're hungry. They are scared to death. They are coming in with anxiety. They're afraid there's going to be another earthquake. We've got amputations, a lot of bone repair. Um, we had some meningitis, paraplegic. Yeah. The only thing we need is just more, you know, to do more to set up another clinic on the other side. But outside the fence, this is the reality of life for most people in Port-au-Prince. There is a resignation now of long-term suffering. They'll be in camps like this for months. 
trying to find a food distribution. We're going to where the, uh, the U.S. military set up a, uh, a depot for people to get food. Uh, they basically, it's the 82nd Airborne, and uh, they basically gave us uh, where they're going to be, directions and stuff. So, yeah, if you want to come down and film it, go ahead. But, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to find it, but we can't find it right now. The streets are just like a maze, and then there's no, you know, landmarks because everything's been destroyed. So, we're going to go and ask some people now. Confusion throughout the city, and they've never seen maps before, so... You show a driver a map and he's like, doesn't have any idea what's going on. Said they know where distribution is. Just go down to that road we were driving up and down on. Turn right, and it's almost right there. Okay. There's like some metal rusted like roofs. Okay. And it's kind of in that area there.
food becomes referred. It's been heard some people say it's been good. This one was very, very chaotic. They're not finding any type of system that works. It's a problem, and it just breaks down. They're trying numbering systems and armbands, and it's like people just tear them up and throw them on the street. It's wild. It's a wild scene. Today we are in the city and saw the life of the people. The desperation for food, water, and basic goods is what's driving every Haitian. The scene at the distribution has been repeated hundreds of times since the earthquake. It's what people do when they're starving. But this isn't going to be over once everyone gets food. The whole city is homeless. They're living in parks, open areas, street corners, and they don't even have tents or waterproof tarps. It's just cotton sheets and loose objects thrown together. We even saw some of the metal sheenings people were going after a few days ago in the downtown. It's incredible to think about the risks they had to go through just to get that. Things are bad, there's no denying it. But there's something else we want to see in Port-au-Prince. Tomorrow is Sunday, the Lord's Day. And we wonder how people will respond spiritually in the face of all this darkness and tragedy. What is their view towards God? Do they still hold fast to their faith? And where will they go to worship Him? standing in the church called Church of God that can't be used right now and it's structurally unsafe and this is something that's repeated all throughout Port-au-Prince and around the outlying areas of Port-au-Prince is that people are too afraid to come back into the structures until they're deemed that they can actually hold you know the weight of people especially in a church setting when you have a balcony and you're gonna have lots of people up here singing and dancing so you have to make sure that it's structurally safe so no one's been out here to be able to you know assess it so right now they're meeting in a vacant lot which is next door and they meet under a tree and so tonight we're going to come back and we're going to see a Sunday service in action here and really see how the people of Haiti are responding after this disaster especially if they're viewed towards God. How do people feel now? Are they, uh, do they praise God? Are they angry? Or uh, are they more fervent for the Lord now? They count on Jesus Christ, on me. That's right. I think they got faith now. They pray. And they know now that God is still with them. They are not in feeling more. But some of them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe afraid. Yeah. Because uh, that was, that's the first time, you know, something like that sure. really with that magnitude, you know, we didn't have in this country. Because it's, you know, it's a disaster. Yeah. There's so much death, there's so much things like that. So now they, you know, they, they're looking more for the eternal things. Yes. Yeah. 
passing the church right now. And you can see like the bell from the church uh, steeple here, which is all collapsed down. You can see behind me all the mangled metal of the church. So this is Sunday in Port-au-Prince, and as you can see, most of the churches here have been completely destroyed. So people have to find impromptu meeting places. Most people are either meeting on street corners or in uh, empty abandoned lots. You'll see all these impromptu meetings throughout all of uh, Port-au-Prince.
ni swali jambo hili Timothy, and what I want to talk about is testimony. The testimony of Haiti. I remember five days after the earthquake, I was watching on the news, and they're talking about survivors. And I remember watching live as they're about to pull somebody out of a building. And I remember this lady, as she, you could see her through these crushed metals and uh, cement. And she emerged out and he said, ma'am, ma'am, madame, were you scared? Did you really think that you would be saved? Did you think you would live? And she looked at him and she said in English, yeah. why not? Why not? Why wouldn't I be saved? My God is with me. She drove away as if nothing had happened. Jeanette Sanfor is alive, and for her husband, it's a miracle. No matter what might happen, God can use you as a vessel to touch millions of people. And you should amen. And you should hear the people in America talking. They shake their head. And they say, how, how can the people praise God when this has happened? And they're starting to say, there must be something real with this. This is a real God. Because they're looking and they're seeing people who are coming out of buildings even two weeks later. No water, no food. Miracles. Power of the Lord. In every situation, you strengthen many other people around the world. And you minister the word of God to people who might not have ever believed they are seeing it and they are hearing the gospel. today when we came to the docks their testimony was alive and well but it's obvious to see things aren't fixed yet so far we've witnessed the worst and the best new life and needless death but how long will it take to recover there's no clear answer to that things will play out over time you just have to do your part to make it better you have to look for a shining hope wherever you can find it and believe there's a better future coming it's funny as we sat there thinking about all that, a glimmer of hope seemed to find us, two children, living amidst this disaster, finding joy in the simplest thing. Their laughter showed the resiliency of Haiti. It showed us that not everything in a tragedy 
leads to sorrow. And even though it might not have been a miracle, in those brief moments on the docks, we saw hope for a better future. For hope is the forerunner of faith. And through faith, Haiti can rise again. It is the essence that brings strength. And it is the truth in which we hold fast. If you would like to receive a DVD of the episodes you've just seen, please go to TravelTheRoad.com or call 1-866-EXPLORE. Our mission at Travel the Road is to preach the gospel to all creation and encourage the church to be active in the Great Commission. The episodes we produce are with the sole aim to make an internal difference and to inspire a new generation for missions. To find out more about the ministry of Travel the Road or to order from our catalog of DVDs, please visit us at TravelTheRoad.com and together we can make a difference.